What's going on, everyone? Happy Saturday on this eighth day of April. The Marlins fell to the Mets yesterday, 9-3. Marlins dropped to 3-5 on the season. As we thank you for making Marlins Rewind a part of your morning, I'm Steven Strom. Before we go to Kyle, what did we learn yesterday? And we learned that walks continue to be the main issue for Edward Cabrera early on in this season. He issued a career-high seven walks, breaking his previous record of six just last week on that start against the Mets on April 1st. Now the silver lining is for Edward Cabrera is he won't see the Mets again until September, even if they do match up on a day where he starts. So, look, that's a veteran lineup. It's a veteran team, and they do a great job of working the count. So the silver lining is, yes, this is a difficult lineup. This is a Mets team that expects to be back in the playoffs. That would be my one thing that I would take away from this game and say, all right, let's give Edward Cabrera a chance against another opposing team. But early on, it seems to be that Edward Cabrera just has to figure out what pitches he's confident with and just avoid those walks because too many of them these first two starts of the season. All right, for the recap, here's the radio voice of your Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, back here at City Field on a chilly Friday afternoon in Flushing, New York. The New York Mets now 17-6 since the start of the 2022 season against the Miami Marlins, including a 4-1 mark to start this 2023 season. The Mets now 41-21 in their home openers, including a now 11-4 mark here at City Field after they blister the Marlins 9-3 to here at City Field this afternoon. Welcome to the 10th Inning Show with Gabby Sanchez. I'm Kyle Seeloff. And Gabby, as we start to break this puppy down this afternoon, this was uh, a bad day for Edward Cabrera. There's really no way to sugarcoat that. The young man went two and two-thirds, allowed a couple of runs, did not allow a hit. The problem, he walked seven, and it was the same issue that he had in his first start of the season. Uh, against the Mets when he went four innings, allowed two hits, two runs, six walks. So for Edward Cabrera, I mean, you count him up. That's 13 walks now in six and two-thirds innings of baseball to start his season. Uh, it forced Skip Schumacher's hand early. He had to use five arms out of the bullpen today. Uh, just just a bad day in terms of pitching for Cabrera and the Marlins. Let's, let's start there on the pitching front this afternoon. Uh, it's one of those... Tough, tough games, especially for a starting pitcher and for Edward Cabrera, who, in my opinion, has elite stuff on the mound. He's just had trouble throwing it across the plate. Mm -hmm. It's like he's nitpicking those corners. He doesn't want to live anywhere near that middle to even a third out of the plate. So when you try to nitpick, instead of going out there and with the type of stuff that he has, just throwing strikes, he wants to get those perfectly thrown pitches down and away and he's off the plate off the plate and and there's things that happen when you do that all of a sudden you're ball 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 now you really have to try to throw a a pitch right down the middle but he wasn't able to find it and that was his problem today when he needed to find the strike he couldn't and when you look at this game in total you talked about all the walks five of those runs that came in came via walk or hit by pitch. So if you eliminate those, you're going to have walks in a game. Every once in a while, you're going to have a hit batter, yes. But when you have so many, you look at the final outcome of this ball game, nine yeah. to three. You yeah. take away five of those. It's a four-three ball game. I know, and it's a different story. You know, and I think 
there was a time in the ball game where you're thinking to yourself, maybe Cabrera can find it. He walked the leadoff man this afternoon, Brandon Nimmo, but then bounced back and got Marte, Lindor, and Alonzo. And you're thinking, all right, you know, he walked Nimmo, but he settled in. He got a couple of flyouts, got the ground ball. Then the second inning rolls around. He walks the first two, and then he gets Vogel back, Escobar, and Nito. So you're thinking, holy cow, you know, this guy's Houdini, yep. and maybe it's the third inning that he can really settle down. He walked the leadoff guy in the first. He walked the first two leadoff guys in the second. And in the third inning, he walked the first three, right? And that really, uh, unfortunately, ended up doing Cabrera in today. Now, the good news is we stay on the pitching front. Uh, the Marlins have really not used their bullpen this week outside of Monday. But, Kyle, even in that third inning, when you start to look at it, he did. He walked the first three. I know. Then he, then got he the strike outs. outs a lot. I know. He strikes know. out Manil, and you're like, there is no way he's doing it again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he walks Cannon. That was it. You walked in a run. They have to take him out. And then, you know, it kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit in that third inning where they were able to score a, a pair, one on a walk and 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 one on a base hit by Vogelback, which shouldn't have been a base hit because it was an infield little ball that was just played poorly yeah. where Balzalban didn't go and, and cover first base. Um, so when you look at it, the, the, the little mistakes that the Marlins made and then all the free passes really did hurt them today. Those are things that, you know, Mel Stoudemire Jr., uh, those are things that Skip Schumacher, uh, they're going to address to these guys, hey, we cannot do that against a team like the Mets. Really, you can't do that against any team in the big leagues because they're going to make you pay. Well, and I think it's fair to say that they understand that but they themselves have got to find a way to correct it. Now, to my point a moment ago, you go back to Tuesday, Sandy tossed all nine. Mm -hmm. Marlins only needed Floro and Puck, who they didn't use today on Wednesday. They were off on Thursday. I know they used um, five different guys today. Brazoban pitched an inning, Nardi an inning, and a third. Barnes an inning, Scott an inning, Castano an inning. Uh, the bullpen, I, I guess, thank goodness, really should not be a concern going into tomorrow's game. Uh, no, and you look at the guys who threw today – they're going to be – most of these guys can pitch again tomorrow without any without any trepidation. They're going to be yeah, able no, to do it. No restrictions. There's no restrictions. No. So it's not like they were throwing, hey, we threw a guy three innings or four innings and, you know, we're going to have to get rid of them or we're going to have to send down. We're going to have to bring guys up. I don't think that you have that right now and you're not going to have to worry about that. But – you are looking at Trevor Rogers tomorrow saying, hey, we cannot have another game like today. You're going to need to go out there. And it's not like you're going to ask him to give you length, but yeah. you're going to tell him you got to go out there and throw strikes and see if you can get us at least to that fifth inning. Okay, let's uh, focus our attention on the offensive side of things, and we'll start with the good. I thought it was good to see Garrett Cooper get going. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's been going. I mean, he's, he's had a nice start to the season. He came in today 6 for 23. He goes 2 for 4 today. He's 8 um, for 27 to start his season. That's really good. He's got a couple of home runs. Now he's got five RBIs. I think Cooper going good. But I, I thought most importantly maybe uh, Gene Segura comes in four for 21. He gets a couple of hits. Uh, a couple of more Marlins scatter a couple of hits in terms of Arise, who was on base again twice today. Chisholm, who had a hit. Uh, that was really all in the way of the offense. But uh, we'll start with the good there. Good to see Cooper get things going late and uh, Segura. Yeah, absolutely, to see Cooper, because you're right, he has been swinging the bat, but it's been the power that you look at that you're like, okay, this is where we need those power numbers to come in, and it's been with Cooper. You have Solaire that's been hitting the ball out of the ballpark, so you want to see Cooper's number, at least in the home run rate, kind of start 
going north because the power really hasn't been there, and he's a big dude who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. With Segura, it's not like he's been terrible. He's been putting the ball in play. He's been hitting balls at guys. So it's nice to see him get a couple hits, especially where he got them. He's using the big part of the field. He hit that ball off, uh, who was it, uh, McGill, that got into right field, and then he got another base hit to right field. So I like to see that through him. Mm -hmm. One of the main ones, though, is Jazz, because Jazz has not been looking good hitting-wise, so much so that he's focusing a lot on maybe even putting down a bun a couple times in the game to see whether or not he can just get things going. I loved his last A-B, got it to another 3-2 and count, and he was on the fastball. And that's been his problem. He hasn't been able to be on the fastball. Yeah, Jazz 5-for-25 to start his season at the plate. But as you mentioned, uh, ripped a single up the middle in the eighth inning. Um, But uh, unfortunately, when it's all said and done this afternoon, the Mets uh, beat up on the Marlins pretty good. They beat them 9-3. Gabby, quickly, uh, before we take a listen to the highlights from this afternoon's ballgame, Trevor Rogers and Kodai Senga tomorrow. Um, Trevor said he felt really good in his first outing. It slipped away late, but you'd love. That was Trevor's issue last year. He couldn't bounce back. If he can bounce back tomorrow, I think it's uh, a fantastic start to his season. Yeah, absolutely. You really need Trevor, especially after what happened today, to come out tomorrow and just throw strikes. Get the ball over the plate because he's another guy that has good power with that fastball. He has a good slider, and then he has that changeup as well that he's able to utilize all three pitches for strikes when he is on, and that's what you're kind of expecting from him for Singa. The Marlins have already seen him now. They know about that ghost ball. They know the Mm -hmm. movement that it has. You know what? Maybe the best thing is to lay off that pitch. Don't worry about that one. Hit that 95 to 98 mile an hour fast because it's a straight fastball. You can go ahead and you can attack that one. Anything that's down in the zone, let it go. All right, buddy. Uh, We'll get ourselves a little dinner here shortly, and I will see you back here tomorrow, I guess around noon or so. I can't wait. Okay, let's uh, take a listen to the highlights from this afternoon's ball game. The Mets scored first. They did so in the second inning with the bases loaded in two outs, and the batter was Mark Canna. Here's the pitch to Canna, and it's low ball for he walked him. That'll force in the first run of the ball game. It's 1-0 New York. It made it 1-0, and the next man to bat with the bases still loaded in two outs was Daniel Vogelback. Vogelback swinging a ground ball right side. Nobody's covering the bag at first. Brazelbon forgot to cover the bag. It's an infield single for Daniel Vogelback. It's the first Mets hit of the day. A total collapse by the Marlins defense. It's 2-0 New York. And uh, the Mets would get two in the third. Fortunately for the Marlins, though, at that juncture, it was only two. It could have been a lot worse. The Mets did get another in the fourth, and it came courtesy of the big man at first, Pete Alonso. 1-0 pitch, hit hard on the ground, through the left side to base hit. Nito rounding third. Here comes a throw to the plate. A catch by Fortes. No, it hit the back foot of Nito. And now Nimmo rounds third. He thought about trying to score. It's 3-0 New York. And it would stay 3-0 until the sixth when Starling Marte came to bat facing Matt Barnes. It's Marte swinging a high fly ball. Deep left field. It's 4-0 New York. And for Starling Marte, it was his first home run of the season 
The Mets got two more runs in the seventh inning in kind of crazy fashion. They got two runs on no hits, no errors, and nobody left on base. There were a couple, uh, there was a one walk, a hit by pitch, and a walk. They were loaded with nobody out. Escobar uh, collected an RBI and a fielder's choice. And then Tomas Nito hit a sack fly uh, double play that went 7-4, to four, but scoring on the play from third was Canna. Uh, Escobar tried to tag up from first and go to second. Um, and that didn't work all that well, but uh, the Mets still got two runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. That made it a 6 nothing game, but the Marlins would creep a little bit closer. They got three runs in the eighth, courtesy of Garrett Cooper when he stepped to the plate, facing Denny Santana with two on and two out. Nimmo's going back, still going back, at the wall, and it's gone. Garrett Cooper with a three-run bomb here in the top of the eighth inning with two on and two outs. And all of a sudden, the Marlins have cut this 6-0 deficit in half. It's 6-3 to three here in the eighth. The only problem is that the Mets would get them right back. They got two courtesy of Lindor in the bottom of the inning. So we get a ball hit high in the air. Deep. Left field, it's gone. Eight to three, New York. Castano gives up a two-run bomb. And the next man to follow was Pete Alonso. He swings and hits it high in the air. Deep left center field, way back, out of the warning track, at the wall, and it's gone. Let's see here. The Mets go back-to-back -back for the first time since October 4th of last season on closing day against the Washington Nationals. And to round out this ballgame this afternoon, Marlins had a man at first with one out, top of the ninth inning, and the batter was Nick Fortes. Here's a ball that's hit out to short. Could do it. Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, and the New York Mets have beaten the Miami Marlins by a final score of 9-3 in their home opener on this Friday afternoon in Flushing, New York. Again, the final score was the Mets 9, the Marlins 3, both sides with 6 hits. The Marlins do commit an error. The Mets still have not committed an error this season. Marlins committed their fifth error of the season today. They've also wrapped into a league-leading 11 double plays. Mets leave nine on base this afternoon. The Marlins leave five. Mets, when it was all said and done, two for 15 with runners in scoring position. McGill now 2-0, and 2-0 against the Marlins this season. Cabrera falls to 0-1 after he struggled today. Started this ball game at 1-13, finished it at 4-14. Total game time, three hours and one minute in front of a capacity crowd of 43,590 here at City Field. For the Miami Marlins, they fall to 3-5 and five this season, while the Mets level their record back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. Now for the Marlins pitching staff this afternoon, they do strike out 11, and that means that $275 will be donated to AutoNation's Dry Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. 25 bucks will be donated to the Dry Pink Initiative. All right, Kyle, thank you very much. Let's now take a listen to Skip Schumacher following the 9-3 loss yesterday to the New York Mets. Skip, it seemed that the pitchers just struggled up and down with the walks and the lack of command there. I think it was 12 total from the pitchers. Have just any rhyme or reason? Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out, uh, you know, as we look at the video and talk with some of the guys. But 
Yeah, five of the runs scored, I think, were via walk or hit by pitch. Twelve walks. Um, I think seven by Cavi. I don't know if he gave up a hit. And, um, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we we preach, you know, strike zone and command the strike zone. And, um, you know, watching that was, you know, was, was tough. Yeah, for sure. With Cabrera, the, the seven walks from him, were you seeing the same kind of mechanical issues that he was dealing with last time out? For me, it's a, it's a confidence thing, you know. I mean, he's got the stuff. Um, he's just believing in himself that he can do it. And um, that's that's for him just to take the next step. I don't think it's, um, you know, mechanical. And, you know, his bullpens, his side work, everything's great. It's, it's, you know, him believing he can do it and trusting his stuff works in the zone. And um, he's, you know, work ethic is a 10 out of 10. Kids, he's a 10 out of 10 person. Um, now just believing he can do it is um, his next step. How challenging is that, too, with this Mets lineup? I think they had the 23 foul balls against him. Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of this thing is, you know, they grounded out at-bats um, just be the start of the game with Nemo. It was seven or eight pitch um, at-bat, and, um, you know, it's it's a combination of us not throwing in the strike zone, but, you know, it's a really good lineup and, um, you know, just grinder type of at-bats that um, kind of wore us down and, um uh, you know, they did a great job of staying in the strike zone themselves. With the confidence for Cabrera, after what you saw from him in spring, are you surprised that that didn't translate over the first couple starts? Spring training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's um, that's why you don't put a ton of stock into spring training. Um, you, know, uh, you know, you watch guys, but you believe in the stuff also. You know, you watch his bullpens, you watch, you know, how he's going about his business, and that's why he – He's earned, you know, the the you know, one of the spots in the rotation. I still believe in him. We all believe in him. I mean, the, that that hasn't gone away. It's it's not him believing just as much as we believe in him. And um, and I think you know, I think he'll get there. But um, he's just got to you know fill up that strike zone. When you talk about belief, it seems like a lot of the time he's not throwing the fastball behind in the count. I know last year he, I think his match was four walks in the game. Is that specifically what you mean? Is believing in that fastball? Yeah, believe in all your pitches, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, he's got a quality 97 to 100 mile an hour fastball, and his secondary is good. He's got a 94 mile an hour changeup, and you know, a real slider uh, curveball. And um, but if he, he can't get to it without commanding the fastball, it's it's going to be make it makes it tough. And you know, credit to the Mets lineup, they just made him um, you know get in the strike zone. They didn't go out of the strike zone, and you know, made our guys work and. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's what happened tonight. Just the flip side of you talked about spring training. Obviously, this is two starts, but it's only two starts. At what point is that uh, an area of concern for you? What, what, when do you consider it to be a significant amount where you say, "Geez, there might be something bigger going on here"? Yeah, not just yet. I, we we really believe in in Cabby, and um, you know, we think that um, he's got a really bright future, and um, you know, he's just beginning his big league future as well, and. Um, and sometimes you, you don't know if you know what you have out there yet until you've done it um, successfully over and over again if you can really do this thing and we know he can do it um, you know there's not many teams that are excited about Cabrera when they see his name you know on that lineup card that they're facing that that week or weekend so um, again we're, we'll look at it um, continue to build him up um, as far as his confidence and you know, continue to let him know that we, you know, we believe in him and trust that he can do this. And it's just a couple starts this season, but um, you know, to you know, really command that strike zone and good things will happen. Uh, Cooper home run in the eighth makes it a game. What did you see him and then also Horizon Solaire uh, get on base in that inning to give you guys something? Uh, yeah, well, first, first I want to say like Brazabon had a, um, he did his job just you know. 
didn't get over at the right time. You know, Cooper went for it, and um, and and Braz, uh, you know, hesitated a little bit and um, cost us a run, but. He uh, he did his job as far as like you know getting the two soft contact ground balls and just unfortunate that he didn't get over. But I thought thought he um, you know he did his job in a really tough spot except for the you know the missed uh, PFP there. But uh, yeah, Cooper um, you know was cold. They didn't feel like the ball was going anywhere uh, really, to, especially in the big bigger part of the, bigger part of the ballpark. You know, Solaire hit one pretty good and kind of died out there. So we didn't really know if it was going to you know go or not, but. Yeah, really competitive at bats um, late in the game, and you know, the the hope was to get their closer in, honestly, and um, you know to have you know Robertson maybe get some work in there, and um, you know then you know obviously they they got a couple more runs towards the end, but yeah, good at bat by Rise and um, yeah, solely there, and, and then obviously Cooper with with the big homer got us within within reach. In the first inning, uh, Cooper on with two outs, Jazz looked like he was going to bunt the entire AB. Was that? called was that him was that something to do with the shoulder uh, no nothing to do with the shoulder I mean he had a really good swing against Rayleigh late in the game um it was just a baseball play where you know uh, Escobar was playing way back and um you know thought he could you know get a base hit right there and you know kind of get some traffic on the bases and uh, for the next guy behind him Garcia so I, it was it was more of a baseball play than than anything with the shoulder and Skip uh, explanation from the umpires there with that play in the seventh and the challenge yeah, we saw the time. Um, I was looking at one clock, and they were looking at another one, just trying to figure out if it was synced up or not. Um, it, from my vantage, it didn't go down to zero yet. Um, from his vantage, it did. I don't think it mattered either way. I think he was probably the run scored anyway. He was safe. But just trying to get it right, making sure we were looking at the same clock and making sure the, the time was right. Has Segura a couple hits today? You think he's starting to come around? Yeah, I mean... It's so early. We're you know only a few games into the season, and um, I don't put too much stock in the first couple games. You know, I, the a lot of the WBC guys who didn't get a lot of at bats too, um, you know, are, are struggling early, and that's okay. Pitchers and and hitters, and um, you know, he didn't get a ton of at bats with the DR, and he got one big hit, but didn't get a ton of a ton of at bats. So uh, playing a little catch up, you know, as far as how his body feels, his timing, the whole deal. But I don't worry about him. He's been doing it for so long. Got great to ball to bat skills. So. He's uh, a bat-to-ball skill. He'll be, he's going to be fun. Okay, that was Marlins manager Skip Schumacher. We got a chance to catch up with Garrett Cooper, who had a uh, massive home run in center field, got the Marlins back into that game at 6-3. He had three RBIs. Let's hear about his performance and his reaction to yesterday's loss against the Mets. All right, Cooper, start with the, the big home run. Uh, yeah, you know, it was a tough, cold day today. Um, you know, pitches, their pitches, you know, facing McGill last week compared to today, the ball was running a lot more. Um, I think the wind had, had some sort to do with it. And then, you know, just in the last bat off Santana, I faced him a couple times in the past. Uh, you know, he didn't really have uh, the slider working that well in the bats before. Um, you know, there were a lot of balls he threw. Um, and he just put a good swing on a sinker that he kind of left middle. And, you know, I fouled off a few of the sinkers. So just got my foot down a little bit earlier and you know, put a good swing on it. Always a little extra special when you've got your wife and dog in the stand. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, make her travel to every game because whenever she comes, it seems like I do pretty well. So she's coming to every game for 162. Mm-hmm. Cooper, just collectively, what have you seen? I know it's only eight games in, but collectively, what have you seen from the offense? Seems like you guys generally been getting guys on base, but mm-hmm. seems like the big hits outside of home run, the 18 yeah. big hits have been elusive. Yeah. You know, I think run, hitting with runners in scoring position, uh, you know, that's sort of ebbs and flows of, of the game. And, 
you know, we haven't come up with, you know, that that many hits with runners in scoring position. So, you know, I think Solaire last the game before, you know, put together a big at bat that, you know, had runners in scoring position. But, you know, up to this point, we haven't really hit well with runners in scoring position. We've been getting tons of hits and getting on base. And, you know, that's kind of not really leading to any runs. And, you know, I think guys maybe do a little bit too much, uh, you know, with a chance to score some runs. And, you know, I think it's going to have to be a team philosophy moving forward where, you know, maybe buckle down a little bit, a little bit more with runners from trying to figure out what they're trying to do in each, each, uh, each of that because it's different with no one on. And, you know, so they're going to pitch you a little bit differently with guys in scoring position. How bad do you feel for Cabrera? He, he looked like he was going to get out of that third inning and then all of a sudden he couldn't throw strikes. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Cabby's had um, in the first two starts, you know, he's labored through some innings, uh, you know, especially today. You know, it's probably not where he wanted to be walk-wise and pitch-wise. I think he was at 85-90 pitches through, what, 3-4. So, you know, it's not something that he wants. It's not something that we want to see out there. And, you know, because he's, he's a damn good pitcher and he's got a lot of good stuff. It's just, you know, refining that those strikeout pitches where, you know, he tries to strike, maybe strike everybody out. And, you know, just with the stuff he has, he can put a lot of guys in play that, you know, aren't going to put two great swings on them. On the other side, McGill is throwing a different slider than he has in past years. What are you seeing? Is it different? Is it harder, easier to pick up? Just take me through what you're seeing. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, facing him, you know, last year and, you know, the year before, uh, you know, today was a little different than last weekend when we faced him. Uh, like I said, the four seam last week had some cut and ride to it, and today there was a lot of all of his four teams were running in. I, I don't know if it had to do with, you know, the climate today. or, But, uh, you know, he's pitched well against us the first few times. The slider's, the slider's been good. He's mixing a curveball in there, too, that has a little bit more depth where it kind of looks like the slider. So, you know, he's, he's pitched well. Um, you know, there's not much, you know, to the cap to him. He's, he's kept, us, kept us off balance, and, you know, he's mixed pretty well against us. Thanks. Okay, that was Garrett Cooper. As we turn the page to today, vibes up. Let's get them up a little bit. Let me hear it in your voice. Marlins on deck with me. Steven Strom kicks off at 340. First pitch is set for 410 as the Marlins continue their three-game set with the New York Mets. Make sure to follow at Marlins Radio on Twitter. We hope to have you join us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. Thanks for rewinding with us on Marlins Rewind. This is the Marlins Radio Network driven by AutoNation.